1: Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers, Pure Athlete yeah. A transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk, man. I back it up. And we are song full of that, man. i right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howell. Let me go ahead and bring in the rest of the team because we don't have a lot of time to waste this week. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinary, no longer the man behind the glass, but the man who sits next to me here at the table. He's still behind the board, twisting and tweaking, and if it were not for him, this podcast would be way worse than it already is. Uh, Matt Butler. Matt, what's up, man?
0: I was actually curious as to why we're, we have a fishing show on here in the studio, which looks apropos. It's all cloudy outside. We're next to Lake Austin. It used to be one of the best bass fishing lakes in the entire city or state. But other than that, uh, random, nothing. Just a lot of basketball.
1: <laughs> a lot of basketball. It, mm. it, 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 we're also mad. I also thank you this time of year because we're getting into severe weather season. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Is, this is the this is the time of year where your activity in, your antenna goes up. that's a good yes, word. That's I, <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a damn good word. I'm gonna use that more. Yeah, that use is a, a good... tornatic presence on the field.
0: Oh man, yes, the very yeah. a lot of old Madden inside yeah. there. That would be sophisticated <laughs> Madden. <laughs> yes, he, John Randall, just a tornado up the middle. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, no, man, May always is whenever you see those really heavy-duty uh, twisters possibly come down. We get the bottom of the whole tornado alley, and right now looking outside, a couple clouds coming in, so next few evenings may have that
1: humidity, get some rain. A <laughs> uh, man who uh, was uh, caused tornadic activity when he was on the gridiron uh, for the Texas Longhorns at times, uh, asked Nate Hibble and uh, Josh <laughs> Fields from Oklahoma. They'll tell you what's going on. Uh, don't ask Mike Tice, though, because he won't believe what coverage you were in. Uh, if you go back to, <laughs> I saw Mike to, Tice in the news to Rod, somewhere recently. To no, B's, I saw Mike uh, Tice. I saw Matt Miller. Ah. He's has a, he's oh,
2: a I heart, saw that, too. He has a heart ailment, unfortunately. He's a heart transplant. Yeah, I saw
1: that, too. That. Um, we can get to that here in a sec. But uh, let me finish the intro because he is a lifetime longhorn. is our lockdown corner here on the show. Uh, 2002 UT All-America. 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants 15 years ago, back in 2003. Spent his <laughs> NFL career... With John Slimes, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas at a 40 Acres, where he earned his degree. If he had his T-ring, knew where it was, he would wear it proudly. But Nevertheless, <laughs> he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and we got to get those cards done at some point. Oh, uh, I a Mike Tyson. Uh, number one in your program. Ago. Uh, number 21 in your They're program, tired. I should say. Number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Rod B., what are we looking at right now? <laughs> uh, okay,
2: his Mike Tice, he was right about Mike Tice who was a funny head headline like Vikings, recently believe, when he brought me in. Mike Tice recently retired from coaching. Um I think his statement, uh one of the statements he made when retiring, is, players yep. don't want to be coached anymore. He just said straight he was that just don't want to be coached you anymore. You know what I can say about this and I'm not joking. This is and I'm so rant, I'm actually going to go on, on the show uh, mm-hmm. at one point and maybe I'll do it today. It, it, there is an adjustment. Listen, b- even Bill Belichick is going through an adjustment. Mhm. And this guy, what, he rules player with the He empowerment. Pl- he treats the player that's number one on his roster it's the same as the player that's number 53 on his roster. And after about 15, almost 20 years, mm-hmm. the millennials, they don't really like it. Mm-hmm. Deion Lewis, Nate Soder, Uh, What was another guy? Danny Amendola have all come out publicly and said, "Man, it's a hard life being a New England Patriot." Yes, we win championship; it's great, but man, I'm I'm about you know trying to live a good life. Marty B. And even his 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 field general Tom Brady is leading the revolt because Tom Brady has evolved into TB12. He's hostilic. It's all about you know he wants um, he wants spirituality and and positivity now around him with his Alex Guerrero, his guru. So look at Popovich. Yeah. Last two years, no Duncan in the locker room. Popovich also rules with an iron fist, one of the greatest coaches of all time. He has had to evolve. He said last year was the first time anybody ever asked him to be traded from the Spurs. It was the Marcus Aldridge, one of his stars. Right. This year, his star wouldn't even talk to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like no, Player it's, empowerment's it's, huge. It's, 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 it is, it's a millennial thing. It is a millennial thing. Like, millennials, they, they're more sensitive. They're more empathetic. They also... Uh, you know, and Tom Herman's—I'm no sure—kind of a master of it. Yeah, they question a lot more things Why? than other players before them, and they are more empowered. They're—they're they're brought up to believe they're going to be special. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the savior. You're great. No bullying. No nothing. You are everything. And I think. Now, even Bill Belichick and, and Popovich, who are the greatest coaches right now in our generation, are having a tough time evolving. Yeah. It's hard, man. It ain't easy. No, that's and why, you're spot on. The, man, that, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 go on. Yeah, uh, no, I'm yeah. saying the Bill Snyder story is just amazing. Yeah, no,
0: when you look across yeah. each, the, both ways, uh, all the players across the board, all sports, just the power empowerment you've seen where now you used to not have a player like LeBron that's a superstar of a league be able to literally. Now, you've had at times like Magic get a coach traded or fired and little stuff yeah, like that. Happens. But never where you can feel as if there's a wave and all the players understand that at this point we at least have equivalent, if you're at the top of your locker room, that you are going to be able to have some credit and then be able to continue to get that from the ownership that you may not have to go through the vehicle, which always was the head
2: coach. Yeah, to it back to college football, that's why college football is different. Players don't have that power. (laughs) Right. <laughs> That's why Satan loves it. They don't have that power. Yes. Yeah. That's the pros. That's the pros. That ain't, ain't college football. Uh,
1: yeah. Guys that figured out uh, that it's a business at the next level. Rodby, you found mm. this out once upon a time. Yeah. Uh, the NFL draft went down over the weekend. It Not a bad real. weekend for the Longhorns. Four guys drafted yeah. Connor Williams in the second round by the Dallas Cowboys. I love that pick. Malik Jefferson going to the third round of the Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals. Michael Dixon. Actually, the Seattle Seahawks traded up to get him in the fifth like round. To get a punter. And Deshaun Elliott going to the Baltimore Ravens in the sixth round, which he, I didn't know, I was hoping the Ravens didn't have a seventh round pick, but they did because Deshaun Elliott is Ossie Newsome's next to last draft pick. He'll ever make it as the Baltimore Ravens oh, GM because right. he's stepping mm-hmm. down after yeah. the year. Yeah, right. um, and the Ravens, you know, the Ravens have had success with Texas guys. They, they signed Priest Holmes as an undrafted free agent once upon a time. Tucker. Justin mm-hmm. Tucker, Shockey Brown, yep. Michael Huff had a cup of coffee with the Ravens. So did uh, Aaron Ross, Kendall. Sergio Kendall was drafted by the Ravens. Mm-hmm. They like that Longhorn pipeline. Yeah, not a bad. They they typically go for big school guys. And, no, and you Ravens know what? They do.
2: develop talent really well. So even if you end up with an organization like the Ravens as a sixth round pick or undrafted. You know you're going to be coached up uh, for a guy, Deshaun Elliott, and help John Harbaugh. is originally a special teams guy and I think a DB right. coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they take pride in their DBs. Hell, when Ozzie Newsom is picking you, hey, hey, you got a lot of upside.
1: Yeah, period. exactly. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> That's so Rod, a compliment in itself. So, Rod, I want to I want to spend some of this podcast, most of it, kind of focused on the draft. I don't want to look at the guys who are replacing the guys that are leaving because yeah. uh, we haven't really dove into that mm-hmm. in full blast this offseason. But when you look at it, the thing that jumps out, I think, to everybody is, well, there's two things. One, some of these guys went later than maybe we thought they would or we heard they could. Definitely. I think everybody went later than I thought they would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's that. The second thing is the primary the two guys that didn't get drafted that we all thought they probably would based on the rumor Mm and innuendo and and what was out there in the published reports, Holton Hill and Puna Ford. And we'll start with Holton Mm -hmm. Hill, Rod, because you – Dropped the the nugget of information last week from your conversation with Kyle Shanahan, that Holton Hill is a guy that NFL teams really liked. Yeah, I mean Shanahan even brought him up, but possibly course. a second round guy. Yeah,
2: but they were concerned about the 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 off the field decisions. They were concerned about the uh, the issues that had held him back even here in <laughs> Texas, and, and le- obviously, <laughs> o- I think overly concerned about him, but. It ended up affecting his draft stock name. And and
1: let's talk about those off-the-field decisions because the the cat's out of the bag now. Um, I was listening to The Ticket in Dallas, listening to their draft coverage over the Mm -hmm. weekend because, obviously, you guys know I'm a big Cowboys fan. Uh, And I had the TV on because... Uh, I don't I, it's weird I don't get the NFL network in my office so I had to listen to ESPN and rather than listen to Kuyper and McShay drone on and on <laughs> I just muted the TV <laughs> um,
0: there's a humor level if you like laughing but
1: it, so. uh, I, I <laughs> see back when I was younger I used to enjoy Mel Kuyper and now that I realize yeah, that,
2: uh, you're too enlightened uh, now Mel Kuyper's basically God.
1: just kind of turned into a, a rib a, a parody of his former yeah, self yeah he's kind of a mascot now yeah. Yeah. oh man but, I mean, but his a cadence his kid. Kid. it's like Big like, but he used to be yeah. really good
2: but
0: yeah, yeah. exactly his cadence like is as Texas book is anything though you can just interchange the words and it all flows the exact same way. This is
1: true. <laughs> but yeah. uh anyone anyway, listen to the ticket and the word going around from scouts uh and some you know people like that who are at the draft or around the draft, Norm Hitzkis is a guy in Dallas has a lot of contacts. Um Holton Hill apparently from his past has four failed drug tests. And I saw another wow. I saw another public I saw a report four? a report that it's was a tri- the report was attributed to Matt Miller from Bleach Report, uh who it's no secret. Matt's yeah, a I like Texas Matt fan. Miller. Um, yeah, he does a good job at NFL Draft. And I don't yeah. I didn't see Matt report this, but apparently he said it at some point and it was attributed to him. So if that's not the case, Matt, if you're listening to this or you can win to this, accept my apology in advance. Apparently CB get on it. Apparently Holton Hill failed a drug test at the combine, allegedly. Oh,
0: well, that's a big one, Yeah, which totally Damn. explains him not being drafted. Yeah. If that's the case, that yes. makes sense.
2: If that, you know what, actually, and, and like I said, we don't know, actually know if it's factual or anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, cause it's kind of uh, now via third person, but it would provide a hell
1: of an explanation.
2: It would make perfect sense. Cause I think yeah. the Texans drafted a cornerback in the seventh round
1: and I was like, you Holy
2: Houghton Holy Holton yeah. like, well, <laughs> anyway. Hill Why don't you draft Holton Hill right there If he failed the drug test at the combine In addition to that being the big question about him Whether he was disciplined enough mm-hmm. To you know I mean Conduct himself as a professional um, You know I mean And he decided you know Against basically, yeah, that would mean he's off of everybody's draft board. I mean, at that point, it's like, well, and it's you know the Randy Gregory thing, cowboy. You're a Cowboys fan, yeah. <laughs> so, and, you know, I and heard Randy his name Gregory is just again. a more talented prospect. Period. Uh, but you know, even he's still dealing with his issues. It's like, not like an Antonio, Antonio
1: Callaway going to the Browns in the third round. Yeah, that's a guy that's got probably top fifteen talent in yeah. this draft. Wow. but he had a sexual assault charge. He had the debit the yeah. debit card fraud you know incident. that got to keep out of Florida.
2: Is, is, you know what hurts, holding. Hill, I hate to say it because I know how deep these scouts do their research. Because I I know a lot of these guys, L- Lamar High School and Josh Gordon heard him. I bet. I'm not joking because Josh yeah. Gordon is from Lamar yeah. High School. People don't realize that. they just and quickly Lamar. connect that and yeah, it, the it, it ain't even a question. They they do the research like damn, uh, here's the Lamar, man. That boy's coming out. <laughs> oh, they right. bowling, oh, yeah. but they also do the research like hey, there's a little culture coming out of there. Um, and you know, so Josh Gordon, he's synonymous with Houston Lamar too, and of course he Most is synonymous one of those rehab stories in the NFL. Right. And I think you know, I think they just kind of make that connection. Just the same thing Baker Mayfield and Johnny Manziel they mm-hmm. make that connection. That's not a, that's not a fair connection. Nope. That's not even an accurate connection. Right. But basic but deduction. Made, uh, now the Browns, uh, 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 both from Texas, uh, Johnny, Johnny, Manziel and Baker Mayfield. Quick point, A. B. You know I mean they make that connection. So I think. It, and whether it's fair, or unfair to Houghton Hill, that's the case. And you know what? If he failed his drug test at the combine, then yeah. he just failed the idiot test. Like you just failed the idiot test. Like mm-hmm. you are an idiot. Then you were like, going to get, you get in clean. This you is, had that, a clean this slate. The idiot. That's the idiot test. Because NFL scouts don't really care about college and the way you conducted yourself that much. Mm-hmm. They really care about how you conduct yourself from the point where you decide where they declare you to be a professional. You now no you're already in the system. An amateur athlete, and now at that level. The things that followed him, he allowed to, you know, I mean, still detract and be a negative in his draft evaluation. He let those rumors persist. He let those, you know, things stay out there. I I think that, you know, that's unfortunate. I'm sad to hear that. Yeah, Yeah, and if you add the two,
0: I mean, when you first talk about, like, he had the pass, say he just had the four, which you can go with and maybe say that he dropped. And then if he did pee dirty, not only now were they going to give you a – Clean slate, basically, on those four, you all come in with a clean piss test if you do that initially. Instead, now he's actually a guy you're already afraid of and already in the system. So now it's going to be even more of a risk if you're just talking about the technical you know, amount of time on his contract coming up and then yeah. being able that if you pee dirty already, yeah. you're already on negative hit, which is already something you don't even want one of your players to have just because of the risk volatility. they forward in his career. Now, anybody else with one pee test? You'll be just getting into the system. Now you're already paying those ramifications for a rookie that you already knew on the front end. And then there's the second level that if you go and look at just detach all football, but just if you're talking about basic draft science and if you play like fantasy sports or just understand the way that if everybody, it's not as if they collude, but you all know that there's so many marks on somebody that it's not, nobody else is going to take that risk at that position, or there's so many other options that... That there's just no reason to jump into that risk at that point. So everybody can just let him continue to drop. And you'll see that the same way certain positions come when everybody knows that you've already filled out a secondary or things like that. Mm-hmm. This is just, okay, there's red flags. Everybody's going to red flag them. We're just going to go and see who wants to pick him up in free agency. Yeah, he
2: didn't deserve to be drafted. Yeah. not saying you won't make a roster, though. Right. You're saying you don't deserve to be drafted. He, it's if if, be if harder you're going to you're gonna have those kind of issues,
1: jungle. like I said, you got to be, you know... And you can even question the franchises that did it, cause like you said. The Cowboys are figuring out with Randy Gregory. The Cowboys are one of those teams. You better be a Randy Gregory. Hey, brother, yeah. he's an
2: undrafted free agent, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And look at the problems they're having with David Irving. You know, what yeah. I mean? It's like, damn, exactly. Yeah, but 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 he's that's got the seven sacks. That's <laughs> but that's Last the difference. You know, that, so like, that's the
1: difference between <laughs> being viewed as a David Irving or, or clearly how the NFL viewed Holton Hill compared Rolando to McClean. Antonio Antonio Callaway yeah. or, or Randy Gregory. Where if you're a guy that's a top fifteen top ten. People thought yeah. like Randy Gregory was a top five talent in and what's draft. the draft.
2: Uh, what's the lineman from, uh, that went to Miami with the gas mask, the weed mask? Oh, uh, Laramie right? Tunsil. Laramie yes. Tunsil, Sorry, yes. Yeah, look at that. Steel dressing. I was like, hey, Right, we'll deal with it. It's yes. all right. You know because I mean? he isn't Josh in the system. Allen, the Josh Allen tweets that came out about him when he was like 16 or 17, tweeting out like the N-word and some other derogatory terms. I'm like, ah, that's not him. That's not a, he's not a bad guy. Don't worry about that. He's just where, a doctor. And I'm not saying that they're wrong or right. I'm yeah. just saying – you're right. Talent, well, they'll find a way to explain exactly. it away or to rationalize it or justify it. When you don't have the talent level, Houghton, then, yeah, you, your margin for error is very, very thin. Well,
0: and then now going forward to just look at, I mean, it's crazy to view it this way, but just from an abstract angle looking on the outside of somebody that has a domestic violence case or, say, somebody that has some type of pre-existing yeah, condition. <laughs> <star>. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so point $40. being, though, now whenever he comes to work, they don't have give him a domestic abuse test they don't cuz you can't do that you're either arrested yeah. or not yeah. now holton he already has something that they yeah. give him a test that he already had volunteered and yeah. now toward that's yeah. just something that viewed on paper by a team is actually maybe worse because there's more of an inclination the other person has to get arrested basically for there to be any yeah. more future all he has to do is continue what what he's been doing everywhere
2: and we have a test for it even if he isn't caught doing it like arrest um, yeah, it's a test of addiction, and Texas has you know a reputation for it as well. So, it's true. That's the when you were I coming. I made the out. connection. I'm doing the Lamar connection, and yeah. even I wanted to look and over then the Ricky Martin Williams, nations, but Austin. Ricky Williams, and you know there've been some other guys, Kwame Cavill, in the past, and it's mm. been you know. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's a connection with Texas. Did okay And no, Austin, I should say no, yes. to Willie Nelson. Yes, I'm not even making this up. I know it's, it's, crazy, it's all of it. But Willie Nelson, K. Willie Royal Nelson's reputation for being an avid weed smoker in Austin, the Austin culture, and every auto scouts have been to Austin and they freaking love Austin too. Yes. But they also think to themselves, "Damn, these guys are living here in Austin. This is why I mean, they're point up and then they make the Ricky Williams connection right. and all that. Coach kind of stuff. Royal and, just and rolled all with those Willie for hurting Houghton Hill right now. Like he can't, ha- he can't can't escape them, and uh, unfortunately, a lot that's his own doing.
1: I thought about this, Rod. Is, is, is knowing what we know now, and look, we knew the the suspension this last year was. All indications were that it was for a drug test. Like we, Texas yeah, was we not going to gonna release that information, and right? then we suspected when that they in Trump don't release era, the information. There was also, some yeah. of that yeah. when there's no arrest, right?
0: You get the information. It's normally that
1: knowing what we know now. I was thinking about this yesterday. And people are like, well, Holton should have come back. Holton should have come back. To totally. me, looking at Holton Hills, his trajectory and, and, and his decision to come out, yeah, it really mirrors the Kwame Cavill decision because I don't think Kwame wanted to leave school. No, he did, but he kind of had to. Yeah, too, mm-hmm. yeah. It was one of those things.
2: Well, he didn't know what Matt, Coach Brown was going to do. Right. Remember, Coach Brown was new. That he, he was, just
1: knew he was suspended for the bowl game.
2: That was it. Yeah. So he wasn't sure exactly what how Brown, Coach Brown was going to treat him coming back. If he was going to be, you know, made an example of. It's a new regime. That right. came in in '98. This happened to in '99. Mm. Yeah. Well, the yeah, bowl
1: game. You know what I mean? like, it was so the bowl game. He's
2: not sure. There's still a culture that's being built, and he's like, "Damn, man." It's so he obviously suspended me for the bowl game. Maybe Matt's going to just tell me to part ways. You know what I mean? And 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 start bringing in his. His receivers, which he did, (laughs) good young. But my point is, I agree with you. I think Houghton Hill made the decision that I don't know Tom Herman that well. This is my first year with him, and he already suspended me for the rest of the year. Yeah, what is he going to do next year to punish me? Am I going to be third on the depth chart and buried like you know? I mean, then forgotten about, and people like, man, that guy should have left when he was a junior. So you just don't know that uncertainty. Um, I think gives them more incentive to leave.
0: And we'd I already, think we'd already probably heard, thinking he was one drug test away from making it clean into the NFL if he makes it in. Like, he's not going to stay well, clean we'd, at We'd, Texas uh, we'd already he heard, too,
1: um, he was facing a suspension at the beginning of the year. Had they not exactly. made a bowl game, it would have been the first three games. Yeah, so. and But since Texas did make a bowl game, we would have the mine. first two. And, and, but regardless, yeah, exactly. it's.
0: At the time, I mean, he was a first or second round pick, right, maybe well, if he didn't fail a piss but test. But
1: it's, regardless, It's there's a long time between the time you're suspended in November of 2017, and when you come off of that suspension in September of 2018... A lot of stuff can change, Rod. You're standing on the team, your status on the depth chart, how yeah, your position coach views and you. Yeah, else yeah. Going,
2: all those, ball, those youngsters you talking about. You know what I mean? You yeah. couldn't even get on the field before. Yeah, he and he, how not he do this? He was being uh, some I'm sure was advising him. And I, I, was, still, I still was think smart if he didn't allegedly fail a drug test at the combine, that he would have been drafted. I think, and I, I, was shocked. I was like stupefied. I was like, how the hell is this guy not going drafted in the sixth or seventh round? Again, if
1: he really did fail a drug test, that at the makes combine, Then it does make sense. Makes perfect sense. sense yeah. um, let's talk about Puna Ford, and let's talk about really the the Northwest uh, hmm. Pacific Northwest Longhorns because awesome. Seattle's racking them up, man. Yeah. Earl Thomas is there. They traded mm-hmm. Marcus Johnson, came over in a Michael Bennett trade. Yeah. Tyrone mm-hmm. Swoops is on the practice squad. Yeah. Jason Hall signs a free agent deal yeah. with the Seahawks. Michael Dixon gets drafted. Getting there. that Charlie team and Puna Ford. Uh, Puna Ford uh, gets uh, A C signs there yeah. as an undrafted free agent. Rod, when you look at Puma Ford, knowing oh, what you know about the league, what do you think his chances are to make that roster?
2: I think they're pretty good because uh, Seattle's got some salary issues on their D line anyway, and they would love they they would love for an undrafted free agent to possibly make that roster. Most people don't mm-hmm. realize about the NFL. You just what they the want. salary cap. You know, the NFL, that's why this the reason the Patriots had un- 18 undrafted free agents on their Super Bowl roster, 18 undrafted free agents, yeah. all right? So other than the rookie quarterback contract, which is the biggest advantage in the NFL you can get, what the Philadelphia Eagles had, what the Seahawks, Seahawks had, hell, what the Patriots dynasty was built on, a rookie quarterback contract mm-hmm. because that's less than 2% or 1% of the salary cap, then you have 99% of the salary cap to build the rest of your team. Other than that advantage, Undrafted free agents are the biggest discount or the biggest bargain, best bang for your buck in the league, if yeah. one of those guys can make your roster. Bill Belichick understands it all too well. So he's like, no, I would love, if 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 I got an undrafted free agent that's doing the same job as you or even close to what you're doing, and I got to pay you five to six million dollars, dude, you are out. I will coach this guy mm-hmm. up, because I'm the best damn coach in the league, so I'll coach this guy up, and Seattle does a really good job of it, too. Right. Seattle's really big on undrafted free agents. It, two years ago, I want to say they had forty six Seven starts by undrafted free agents in 2016.
1: You ran down the numbers one time. That Super Bowl defense they had. Go look at it, uh, man. That beat the Broncos. I want to say Earl Thomas was the only player. He was the only was... first
2: round pick in that defensive backfield, and Bruce Irving was the only first round pick on the defensive front. And I think everybody, we're everybody else were late round picks or undrafted, undrafted, or or like Cam yep. Chancellor Michael and Richard German, an and all those agents. guys. Yeah. So that's the best bargain, and for a guy like Puna to end up with Seattle who loves to take advantage of that. He's in the perfect situation. Oh my god, it's perfect so good. Perfect situation. No,
0: and those two organizations yeah. are just, the way you laid that out was so perfect and it's, it reminded me of what I see in the NBA all the time, but when you talk about it's like a religion that you're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's literally mm-hmm. these principles that everything, the foundation of the organization is going to be founded upon and it's because they find those value spots. You yep. just named That's which exactly ones right. they are, the quarterback or say like an undrafted free agent that can contribute immediately because then you can Get them locked in earlier, long term, yep. and get the best production. So, see the thing is, is we, we see the same thing. Those value spots in basketball, we found out after the fact. Now, you thought the post was always the most valuable one, but they're really the corner threes. Yeah. So yeah, then, what that. do you see? These guys that are devalued or people that not even wanted across a lot the league for a long time, like guys like Mute or PJ Tucker, that defend the most valuable part of the floor mm-hmm. and can make the shots from the most valuable part of the floor and then if you look at a per dollar production and impact like Mbamute is like I believe like the most profitable player in all of basketball this year yeah you look at PJ Tucker like when you're gonna watch LeBron tonight whenever OG and Obi, the new guy that they mm-hmm. drafted to be that guy and be that exact position and use that yep. same either veteran minimum contract or rookie contract Mm -hmm. and you put those type in there and that's what this is similar to like then if you can get the rookie minimum which is the objective free agent in in the nfl that's what they're doing and it's so awesome to see because it's all about organizationally Buying in on what truly, data-wise, is is the most valuable on the court. And yes, then we're going to go get all the best players, and we're going to go do We aren't neglecting the players, but let's focus on guys that do these things the best or this area that is most needed at the value point. And that's why all the same teams are at the top of the playoffs every single year when we talk about this type of stuff. So you
1: had six guys sign undirected free agent deals. Holton Hill and Armani Mm -hmm. Foreman with the Vikings. Jason Hall and Puna Ford with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Antoine Davis with the Detroit Lions, Nation Hughes with the Green Bay Packers, and Tristan Nicholson is yeah, going to go to minicamp with the Tampa Bay
2: Bucks. It's for him. And Texas has been, let's be honest, a bargain bin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically been like a cost code for these NFL teams since Texas has been down <laughs> since 2010. <laughs> like, the talent goes undeveloped. Yes, I agree with that. It doesn't reach its ceiling, but the NFL still knows there's a ton of talent, talent. Here, and they always come for the, free aid, the undrafted free agents. Man, and they get great talent. They're going to be Fozzie- be angry Adrian, when Herman Phillips,
1: Johnson, Trey on Hopkins, Kent Perkins. Chris Whaley was there for a while. Chris Whaley was with the Cowboys for two years. Yeah, man. We screwed it's, over a lot doesn't of guys. It didn't always work
2: out. Jackson Shipley. It not always work out. And they're not including the guys that go to Canada and play professionally, too. It does not always Jackson. work out. But yeah, man, you definitely, you could tell the NFL was like, no, no, no. They got talent down there. I could see it. They watch that film, they go, no, no that guy's talented. I
1: you can't. know, Rod, I had a story in the site this week, and I don't want to spend too much time on this. I saw but it. This was a good story. Just looking at the the rookie class of 2014, which yeah. was that disastrous, forgettable draft that mm-hmm. Texas had. Where nobody was drafted Mm -hmm. broke a seventy six year streak of guys getting drafted, but when you look at that draft, a lot of guys in that rookie class have had various degrees of success Mm -hmm. in the NFL. Adrian Phillips forty one games in four years, going into his fifth year with the Chargers. Rod, he's they brought him back on a one year deal. The terms were not disclosed, but what do you figure your guaranteed money is for a fifth year guy on a one year deal? Oh, dude, even if it's the minimum, I would say he's probably getting three to four million. Right, with the position
0: versatility, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't team. know exactly I'll what
2: Google. they value him as, but I would say he's probably getting three, maybe three million.
1: Okay, because you know, he's fifth year; he's been, he's been
2: with that team too the whole entire time,
1: right? You know what I mean? uh, Trey Hopkins, two years on the practice squad, got promoted late to the main roster late in the twenty sixteen mm-hmm. season. Was hurt for a couple games last year, but ended up starting twelve games for the Bengals. Crazy? at right guard. Donald Hawkins has spent part yeah. of four different seasons with eight different teams, and he was with the Cowboys. I want to see he's with the Cowboys in two thousand fourteen. Uh, when they had their deep playoff run, and he was mm-hmm. he was on the active roster, I think he was inactive for for a lot of those games. He, I think he dressed for a few games though, uh, but he's been you know gotten eight games under his belt. You no, know, Jackson Coates had an interesting oh, man. football career. Natural it was pass uh, signed with the Seahawks. Was cut by the Seahawks. Uh, went to the Washington Redskins or rod as you would call them the Washington racial slurs it's true um <laughs> it's he's, true. he's he's with Washington for a couple of years 2014 he he gets his uh gets his first NFL sack against Mark Sanchez in week 16. the next week he gets his first start and gets his first and only interception huh. against Tony Romo Amen. So then they were they were going to bring him back. He had an injury, uh, had an injury with the Cleveland Browns. And this is interesting. Yeah. And I, I caught up with Jackson a couple of years ago right after uh, he had a back surgery. And he had back problems going back to his time in high school. Yep. Uh, at Plano West, and he told me, he's like, man, I've felt this good in a long, long time. Uh, he, I think he was getting ready to go to Canada at that time, and he ends up going to Canada, and he had seven sacks for Winnipeg last year. That's crazy. He's coming back to play another year in It's hard to get sacks in the CFL, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Props to Jackson Jeffcoat for manufacturing something out of his football career. Was a, you know, a lot of these guys' injuries, when you look at Adrian Phillips, had a shoulder Man. problem. Trey Hopkins had a stress fracture in his foot yep. late in his senior year. Jeffcoat with the two torn pecs. Yep. Uh, Chris Whaley with a knee injury that mm-hmm. really kind of started really the, the end of the his football career. The of his career. You know, yep. the, Cowboys, the Cowboys valued Chris Whaley so much, they signed him as an undrafted free agent and immediately put him on IR, knowing they were going to get nothing out of him that first year. They bring him back for a second year. He tears his Achilles in training camp yeah. and Boom! That was all she wrote. Carrington Bindum uh, got four games to Carolina, about three games the Carolina them, yeah. Panthers uh, in 2014. Was a practice squad guy for the Cardinals in 2015, and then he was released by the Baltimore Ravens in 2016. After uh, Rod, explain to me real quick the injury settlement because I know uh, Duke Thomas I think had an injury settlement with the Texans before. Duke yeah. Thomas is another guy. Cowboys. Duke Thomas with the Cowboys yeah. now, and he's probably going to be on their active Rod on their fifty-three mm-hmm. man roster this year.
2: Um, yeah, usually it's be uh, they want to cut a guy and. And uh, they can't cut him because of their restrictions based on the CBA about um, how long you've been hurt and when you got hurt and your situation. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's all about when you had the surgery and all that kind of stuff. So there are a lot of restrictions. So they basically they decide to you know pay you a settlement so that you won't try to sue them. Uh, go through the players association and file a dispute grievance. when they, yeah grievance when they cut you. Okay. So they'd say, Hey man, we're gonna pay you we know in your contract it says this. They'll give what your agent says, hey man, your contract it says you're gonna earn this in off season roster bonus or whatever the hell else and hey man we'll pay you this. We'll pay you two times that. So we just wanna cut you and have you be quiet be, and sign this thing. You know, yeah.
1: we're your your uh I guess your dead money or your cap money was gonna be uh, you know Yeah uh Two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars we'll give you three fifty. Yeah. To, to go out the door. Yeah, we'll just
2: get exactly <laughs> to sign this this waiver and say it's all good. Hey, something I'm, like that. Uh, yeah, because yeah, they can't cut you. It's all I. I don't know how exactly how it works with the injuries, but they can't just cut you when you get hurt like that. Yeah, right. That's yeah. like in the CBA. Like, oh, that guy got hurt. We gotta cut him. Done. Yeah. Yeah. They gotta make an excuse by it the end to of be the an year. Excuse and it's yeah, got, they got they gotta formulate it and usually it's like, man, can we just pay this guy yeah. and <laughs> have him sign something? Usually the, the player will just sign it. Yeah. Very rarely do you get a dispute about that. Yeah, you get the big money. Or- because you and, know they're going to find a way to cut you anyway. And I mean, the teams not, have
0: gotten so smart because back in the hmm. day they would go and maybe do something that would still be on books, but now they find ways to be able to get exactly. you as quickly off the I think actually books. It probably
2: is about not having it as a part of your – yeah, you know, your salary, your dead money, your salary cap. Exactly, because
0: kind of like the Mets yeah. are still paying Bobby Bonilla from 20 years ago. Yeah. When you look at certain dumb contracts from back in the day that certain teams did, but when you said the name earlier, Jeff, I bet some other Longhorn fans had the mind triggered since you were just going through the laundry list of former guys that were undrafted. And when you said Mark Sanchez, I thought you were going to give us a Brandon Moore update, just because he's I the hope butt. You got about he, the but he and he uh, will be yeah. never remembered in any football history, yeah. but he's the most famous football play because people that don't even know football Got about call that. it the butt fumble just because yeah. of the bump fumble, and that's his butt. So, like, <laughs> being Longhorn Blitz, that was his it's, And it's the most fitting thing that Longhorn fans
2: do that not want great. Brandon Moore around. No, this is a, that was wow. a, different, this is a different Brandon Moore. That's Brandon a different, Moore. different Brandon Moore, a right? Different Brandon Moore. Yes, yes. it's gotta be, because he played D-Tackle, right? Right. Okay. The Texas Brandon yeah.
1: Moore had, I oh, believe man, it was, That
2: makes it so much worse. He left early, too, remember?
1: I believe it Can was... he leave early? Yes. Yeah, I believe it was Matt Miller who got with me after that pro day. Oh man. And he said, Hey, was Brandon Moore's pro day that bad? I'm like, it Yeah, it wasn't really impressive. I said, Why? He terrible. said, I had a he said, I had a scout tell me it was the absolute worst horrible, pro day man. workout he had ever seen man. in his life.
2: That's before Orlando Brown, but still it was really bad because I don't know Brown, I heard the same thing. Like it's the worst, <laughs> worst pro day I've ever watched. They had to start him over during drills. He's like, so that makes total your pro day sense bad. But they're like, dude, you gotta go. 100 <laughs> percent oh okay okay
1: <laughs> jeez man
2: uh, um yeah, that's discouraging so too. the bottom
1: that? line is there's that's a path crazy. these undrafted free agents to make it to the league uh it's just really hard and, and it ain't you know, easy, man. I had, a, I had a again a conversation with jackson jeffcoat about this i said what's the toughest thing about making it uh, as a as a ufa guy and he said the toughest thing is they don't have anything invested in you. Nope. So if they see something wrong or – You say uh, it, it. Yeah. A guy just don't like you. Coaches don't yeah. I don't like the
2: cut of his jib. Then, then you're <laughs> Done.
1: Yeah. You didn't go speak to the
2: guy in the I cafeteria. I you to a got an attitude. Done. You're gone. Mm-hmm. So unless – you got to find coaches that – I would say that's a – it's like a Knights of the Round Table kind of table that all those coaches sit at. And if one of those coaches ain't on your side, and he's like, man, I like Rod B. Rod B's – he works hard, man. He stays at the practice. He's always here lifted. Rod Babers can – I tell you, that's the only reason I stayed with Detroit. I didn't, I didn't play long. I played like six or seven games with the Lions. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was
2: hurt the rest of the time, but I, I was always speaking to coaches and, hey, Coach but why some feel? I oh, was yeah. that guy, dude. I was, man, it's gonna be hard to cut, make it hard to cut you. Yes. Like, damn, they should feel bad about cutting you. Like, damn, I gotta cut this dude. This is a good dude, man. He's a good, <laughs> you know what I mean? Make and that, that human element. I understood. I didn't go home when I was hurt with the Detroit Lions. I stayed through the whole damn. Time. Some people go home when yeah. they hurt. Like, I'm gonna go home and train. What? Hell no, I ain't going home. They're gonna it. see but me. I, I did go you home were Costanza. You were Costanza. You know what I mean? That was my that was my that was my mistake. I went home for a while, and then I learned via the ESPN crawl I was being cut. You know what I mean? Because they would have to see me every day. It's hard to cut you. Right. It's hard to cut you. They see you every day. I'm there every day. Nobody else is there. It's like damn, Rob Babers is out there out there doing some drills, man. Like they ain't nobody the coaches up here. Literally, Rod Babers is out there. So I made it hard for them to cut me, man. That was kind of my claim to fame. I wasn't wasn't a great player in the league. I made it. I probably got vested in the league because. I got a pension because I was a likable guy and I made sure I was always around. I was, if, I was that yeah. annoying dude that was always around. <laughs> no, that and if Ramonny so, Foreman I'm... or
1: Puna fords listen to this, take no, notes from Rod B. It. Make yourself hard stay, to...
2: stay around. Just be around. Make yourself
1: hard to be cut. Because
2: when you're when you're when you're not around, it's easy for them to say negative things. But when you're around, you're talking to go, your, you're the, the, I just shook his hand, now he's walking into the meeting. It's like, man, that Rob Baby is crazy. Man, I was talking to him about fried chicken. That dude's crazy. Well, you know what I mean? Like, boo. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's gotta be positive. When they sit down and had those meetings. I don't like that guy. He didn't work hard. I saw him take a loaf at at practice today. Why the hell is he on the team and nobody like him? Cut him. That's how it works out. Cut him. You want them having that conversation It's like, man, we got to cut babies. No, man. Why are we cutting babies? We can't cut somebody else. You want people fighting for you. And when people stop fighting for you, you're done. Especially as an undrafted free agent or just a ride beat. While you were in the process of this,
0: though, were you self-aware enough to know that you were playing out the Costanza principle? Like while you're in, the— because no you doubt. were a Seinfeld, no so no you were doubt. going home watching that Seinfeld yes. episode and knowing I mean, that Costanza just parks the car at the dude, facility the whole time. I wouldn't even be time. doing They
2: had a cafeteria there. I wouldn't be doing stuff. I would go up there. I'd work out in the morning. I'd What's eat. Up, man? I'd go watch film. I'd go work out again in the afternoon. And I'd, you know, if I was rehab, to do rehab, I rehab. But I was always around. I spent eight eight, nine-hour days at the facility. That's awesome. Just hanging out. Yeah. And people were like, Be seen Robbie's everywhere. always around. I'm part of the family now. Everybody know me. I'm, what happened to Robbie? Y'all cut Robbie. What the hell, man? Babies look good, man. I they're they gonna they hear from everybody. Janitorial staff. Reminds me, me of that radio you station I worked at. Yeah, like you <laughs> gotta make it hard. Don't go home. Do not do not go home and play video games. Stay up there and just do everything you're gonna do up there to say, Dude, they would think you're working hard as hell. I work out twice a day, but I stay up there for eight hours. So they're like, man, babies is up here getting it. They're like, I'm getting it, but Obviously, I'm just I'm being smart about it. You wave yeah. at Matt yeah.
0: Mellon, and then you go sleep under the desk. Yeah. Get up, yeah. and then you get go ready to eat go. Eat something, go yeah. snack. Go oh, J- Jerry Rice walked in the sauna.
2: Let yeah. me go check out the Dude. sauna. And, and you got to do that. That's that's part of it. When you are not a guaranteed guy to make the roster, fake oh. it till you make it, man. That's awesome. That's all I did. And then Rod, the, the other thing Can't about your pro career <laughs> that I love is is, is <laughs> as uh, <laughs>
1: and, and you were a fourth you were a fourth round draft pick, borderline top one hundred pick. And every time you got cut, the conversation oh, changed a little bit.
2: Oh, every time, because every time you got you get cut, you kind of you lose value almost. You know what I mean? You lose value. It's weird in the league uh, because it's like uh, it's like it's like the old thing, right? Um, no woman wants a man mm. who isn't committed already in, in some way uh, to or another five ex wives. You know what I mean? Like the women want a man who is wanted by the women. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're getting cut and teams like why the hell I want do it? he's been cut four times <laughs> obviously he might be a problem broken. with him like you know if I mean? he's been like, divorced why five would times I want this guy yeah so I think you do lose value and you gotta find other ways to bring yourself back to the league so you gotta go to open try I went to try out with, uh, with the Patriots I went to try out for Belichick it was me and like Terrell Buckley Terrell Buckley got the job mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and you know, loitered it around the Ritz Leeds for a decade. Belichick was us on the sideline. Belichick came onto at least wide. I was like, hey, hey, right Hey man, man, T-Buck. watching me. And I guess that's obviously I didn't, I didn't impress enough. So but they took Terrell Buckley was a good player. Oh, that's big I, I time. Like, they
1: took forty five year old Terrell Buckley. Over Terrell
2: Buckley years. was the old as hell. Though. He was he the was next old. Zeon <laughs> but he was cool. Like he was cool. I think we like went to lunch after that. After, after he's probably Terrence Newman's
0: age right now. Yeah, so I
2: remember all those things. I mean, but that's yeah, you just have to go and try out, and then teams will pick you up. You have coaches that liked you, you know, back in the day. They, he gets a new job. He likes Rod B. Mm-hmm. Hey, bring in Rod B. Shan- I, was, I was good. I was Cool with the Shanahan, so what? Shanahan's brought me in, you know what I mean? It's weird those relationships that work out that end up helping you. So it is one of those things like it's not about what you know, it is about who you know. The NFL is the same thing; it ain't that different. Well, your you life. got the leftover said Griffin,
0: and then now old man uh, Ter- uh Nu up T-New there is up still in, Well, I know, but that made me think of Holton Hill. That what is T going to be around for a year to try to you know bring along the young Holton Hill? And like I started thinking, I was like, oh well, said G was there, maybe said G still has some connections up there, just and made me think about those two. No, no, that's a good point. I didn't think about that uh
1: turns doing Yeah. So Ryan, I want to spend the few the few minutes we got left on the show this week looking at these guys and relating it to the current team and who's going to replace them. Uh, when you look actually of all of these guys, you look at the six guys that were uh, yeah. that were signed as free agents, seven if you include Tristan Nicholson, uh, and the four guys who were drafted. That's 11 guys. Which of these 11 guys do you think is going to be the toughest for Texas to replace in 2018?
2: That's crazy. Uh, I think maybe the guy who went undrafted the and pulled forward. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, it sounds ridiculous. The punter will be also. the punter is irreplaceable. But they got another Australian punter coming. His cousin, in. apparently, it's, it's, a, it's a pipeline. It's so his like, cousin. He's from the same school. And hey, all that. Texas Dixon, is like texting him. So I think he'll be okay. You it's his cousin. Really, Texas should recruit a pro, recruit Pedigree? a pro
1: kick guy from here on out.
2: Yeah, what 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 is the name of the academy? Pro Kick. Pro Kick. Yeah. yeah, man. Those guys, they're money in the bank. Um I think Puno because last year the defense was based on the the MO of you stop the run that makes them one dimensional. That's the number one thing you do. He Top was the priority. pivot. And then after you stop the run, you get after the quarterback like like nobody's business, all right? Cuz then you make them one dimensional, you got to pass the ball, get after the quarterback, and then you force turnovers. Those that was the three-step modus operandi for Todd Orlando. Well, you had a 20, I think it was a 27% stuff rate last yes, year. Yes, I'll so pull it ridiculous. up. So which is the, um, which the amount of runs you stop at the line of scrimmage or behind the line yes. of scrimmage. Dude, you have any idea? That's better than Alabama's stuff rate. Like, that's un- insane. And Texas was one of the best in the country. I think they were top five. So if you look at that, that started with Puna Ford because he would he would be able to penetrate and he'd be, he'd be able to get in the backfield and disrupt things. So now, Todd Orlando's defense, although talented, still in the D line. You're talented at different spots. Now you're at defensive ends, and you're out. Your edge rushers on the edges is where all your talent is. Um, you know, you lost. You know, Malik Jefferson at that next level, and hopefully Gary Johnson, not gonna Wood's gonna be fine. But I am worried about. How Todd Orlando changes up his defensive philosophy because I don't know if he's going to be able to use the same modus operandi right. without a guy like Puna that he lo- used last year. And then whatever happened to Gary Johnson, you, you might be weak in the central nervous system, but you're strong on the edges. Hager, Amenahu, Roach, Boyd. I mean, you're safe. Yeah, you're strong on the edges, but not necessarily inside. So that's what I worry about. How does he change it
1: up? Yeah, the thing mm-hmm. that I keep coming back to, and I was cleaning out my office last week, and I came back to my notes uh, from Todd Orlando's Angelo Clinic, which, by the way, I'm trying to go to the Angelo Clinic this year. Rod, you know nice. who's speaking at the Angelo Clinic? Who's that? Nick Saban is going to be at the Angelo that's Clinic. That's going to be Angelo. so down quick. Oh, he's going to love breaking being in down, San Angelo. Breaking yeah, down his 3-4 his three, four defense Ooh, and what makes it work.
2: That's going to be Nice.
1: I might yeah. go to that. So you gotta go because Herb, Herb that. Hand I think, is that ones. same day talking about run game concepts. Dude, you gotta so, go to that, and I, I
2: want I you did. to take extensive notes.
1: Oh, I did you saw my notes from Orlando notes last ago. year? So yeah. yeah,
2: dude, I want you to get on yeah. it, man. Can you like have like a video audio recorder and record it the whole time I see too? Why I can't? You do dude. you need to do that too? Like you yes. need to have record of that stuff, dude. You'll be that Travis. Roddy, you should guy take a day off. You take of a day off and go with me. I should, man. Honestly, I would love to. I might need what what day is that? It's
1: June thirteenth. Man, 1st, I might need to th- go listen.
2: That. Hear Nick Saban just talk ball for a while. Yeah, I don't even play ball no more. I want to go hear Nick Saban talk about yeah. ball.
1: Yeah. Um. But anyway, going back to my notes from Todd Orlando at Angelo, he didn't really say this this year. Uh, you know, in the in of the media availabilities, but it really stood out to me. He's talking about stopping the run, mm-hmm. and he said basically that's what his defense. Regardless so of personnel around. or whatever he's got, that's what it starts with. Yep. And he said basically, if the other team can run the ball down our throats consistently, we're cowards.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love the that's word he, that he used. Yes, cowards.
1: We're cow- Yes. Was it it was not, a, not we aren't effective. No. no it goes coward, to the root of the person.
2: Coward is different from being weak. Weak means you cannot you cannot accomplish Mentally. a task. Coward means you are afraid yes. of the, the, the consequences right. of
0: accomplishing. You're not a, a competitor. Task.
2: Oh, I like you that. You aren't a competitor. A coward Basically,
0: the it. opposite like of a competitor would be so, a coward. Yeah, that leads me to believe, <laughs> Rod, like that, that they—they're he—that
1: well, whatever he's got to do, whether it's more four-man front, more slanting with the defensive that's line, fantastic. They're, he's going to find a way. What before they do anything else, Not it's going to be what is our best, most effective way to stop stop the run. Stop the run. And
2: that's why I'm intrigued yeah. because it started with Puna
0: last year, and I got the and numbers. That are insane. Yeah, that the is stuff if you, rate, right? Yes, yeah, so I did my own stuff rate off of, because uh, football study hall basically they do run stuffs, and if you divide tackles by run stuffs, that'll give you your run stuff rate. Okay, forty two point eight percent. He had twelve run stuffs and twenty eight tackles. Oh, Puna?
2: Yes. Oh wow, his stuff rate was what?
0: 428 point. A, if you're wow. going straight off of run stuff rates, so the ratio of run stuffs, you had twenty eight. Really? These your numbers, man. So, uh, is this numbers? is football, oh, study football study hall. Study, yeah. So wow. when you look at, he had 28 tackles accredited to him. That's crazy. And then if you were to have 12 run stuffs, that means 12 tackles that wow. were at or behind. So 42.8% <laughs> of his, when he got a tackle, <laughs> were run stuffs because he is meeting you at the yeah. line of scrimmage yeah. or behind. Then when you ran at him, his success rate, and D-linemen are always going to be the better numbers to then linebackers just because they have the opportunity of yeah. being there. But his was 17. so the success rate of the offense when running at Puna in his area that the gap he committed it was 17, so basically a sixth of the time yeah. that they were going to get three yards to stand. So you
2: talk about the stuff right, the actual plays that he made. Think about how many times he Diverted. was able to divert somebody. The way Rudy Jovier shift and exactly. you don't block every yes. shot, you alter shot. Same thing, Exactly. Like, I gotta do. I gotta torque it here. And a little you bit can more. see that yeah. on
0: film. You it doesn't come it. up in the stats, but, but then sh- when exactly. the stats show you the utter dominance that. he he had 28 tackles, and 12 of which were wow. at or behind the line of scrimmage. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Puna Ford last year. Eight tackles of for loss. You know, um, pro football focus chart stops, uh, which a stop for them is, uh, let me give you the actual definition His tackle here,
0: for loss rate was 28.57. Wow. He had eight tackles for loss and 28 tackles. They
1: consider a stop any solo tackle that results in a negative play for the offense. So... Uh, that's that would be a, that's like a tackle a, for loss. Yeah, that's a 0, zero gain or, or, or TFL. Uh, Poon Ford had 28 <laughs> last year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was freakish. It didn't it, – it was like – Malik that's, Jeff-
1: to put that in perspective, Malik Jefferson at 57, Gary Johnson at 33. Um, who was next? Malcolm Roach had 21. Yeah, so – that's the that's the company Pooner Ford was in. last year. You know what I mean? Only Gary Johnson and Malik Jefferson. Well, he's, and he's doing it from the D tackle position. You know what
2: I mean? Yeah. Like that's well, and that's what you're talking it was about. Unique. So, the way
0: defenses are built, it, like that he was that pivot of a defense. Yeah. Like you might have a shutdown corner that you focus the defense so, around, but how every defense has a pivot point. You were saying that's going to be probably yes, Orlando's
2: because Orlando's got to figure out now. Okay, now how do I replicate that? Now you're gonna yeah. use your really skilled natural pass rushers like Hager and Aminu to stop the run. You know what I mean? Like, do you want to do that? Or am I going to see you use more uh, exotic uh, personnel packages and bring guys out from the back seven, from the secondary, from the linebackers? I think a lot of that will have, have to do with the linebacker health and how many linebackers you have at your disposal. Same with DBs. And last year, remember the havoc rate you brought up, Matt? Yes. He brought most of his pressure from the secondary. Mm-hmm. The right. secondaries would apply most of the pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Second the most in the nation. Yeah, the defensive line didn't apply a ton of pressure. 100th. Exactly. So if you flip that, it's like, okay, well, now, you'll get a lot of pressure from your D-line. Hager and Roach. Uh, sorry, Hager, Roach and Aminahou. Depending on how you want to use those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you uh, now, how do you divest from the secondary applying pressure in your defensive scheme to now letting you get, letting, get, letting your defense get pressure with the front just the front alone, and now what do you do with the back end guy? So I'm, I'm sure he's up to the task. I'm just interested to see how he's going to accomplish it. Yes, you know, right. the puzzle piece because like yes. it's really funny the way we brought up
0: value points earlier, and this is a perfect example of it here and how the pieces were used because, of course, you can get – You know, pass rush ability from your pass rush positions. But that's sort of like, you know, just not getting anything added to what Mm -hmm. the expectation is. So it's the same idea of a center that can't hit threes. Well, you're supposed to be big. You're supposed to go do the stuff big guys do. But if you can go to the outside and now be comfortable where others are uncomfortable and be able to get that advantage it makes your versatility and your top end better it's the same idea don't just waste away your pass rushers doing what pass rushers do if you can bring pressure from other spots and then you can change it it's always malleable to the situation and then you use the big guys up front if you need them that game but if not you're getting Above expected value from the other positions, and that's where you can really have your top end accumulate amongst all eleven roster spots to be the better team.
1: Sorry, I was distracted looking at something on Twitter. Uh, but uh, no, I, I think the Ron. I, I think the thing that he's going to do, and we didn't see this a ton last year because he really didn't have to. But you go back and look at Todd Orlando's defensive lines at U of H. A lot of movement, a yeah. of, lot of slants. A lot of different games they would play up front. Creating a lot of movement. Yeah. I think that's real that's probably the first way I think they're gonna look yeah. at to, to see if they can replicate. Then you some can of that.
2: get some of your natural pass rushers who usually will be on the edge. You can get them inside, you can get them shooting gaps inside, you yeah. know what I mean, slants, different things like that. So yeah, I agree with that. I know he's gonna do I'm just intrigued by the way Todd Orlando's brain thinks, his right. mind thinks. I would listen to him talk ball mm-hmm. too. I, w- I wanna to go
1: to, to offense real quick and uh, talk about replacing Connor Williams because we saw last year kinda of as we expected. Um, if something were to happen to Connor Williams, the offense would not be very good. And even with Connor Williams, it still wasn't a yeah, great offense. Wasn't great. Uh, but the, you talk about replacing Connor Williams. Rod, for you, what are the realistic expectations for Calvin Anderson? Because you know, I think this fan base looks at him and sees a recruitment that came down to Michigan and Auburn and, and Oklahoma and yeah. all these schools being interested, and you know you're getting a guy that's experienced, which is – uh, it's a godsend to have a guy that's got thirty six career starts coming mm-hmm. from Rice. But I, I don't think people need to get the wrong and this is no disrespect to Calvin Anderson, but it's not like you're getting Connor Williams back. No. You know, it's yeah. still a step down, but you've got a veteran guy that has a ceiling where he might get drafted for next, a collegiate guy. So, in your mind, with the couple minutes we got left, and we could pick this up next week, what are the realistic expectations for Calvin Anderson in your mind? Um, like, if I'm asking Robbie, Robbie, what do you need to get out of Calvin Anderson next
2: year? What? Well, I, I definitely need the leadership. I mean, he's expected to come in and be the natural leader of that O line, not only with the way that he motivates them and you know, leads them on the field, but I think he's supposed to be the best player, we assume, like, instantly when he's on that O line. He's going to be the anchor of that offensive line. And he's actually raising the expectations for himself. If you follow him on Twitter, he's, he's expecting big things of himself. Like right. he is just coming in with those, uh, those I would say, really high expectations on his shoulders. So, yeah, I expect him to play at a level where a guy can get drafted. I expect him to play at an NFL caliber level where he's got a Sunday skill set. He's a guy that I expect to be drafted somewhere late in the NFL draft, next NFL draft. Like if he plays at that level, Texas is going to be in a good situation. Yeah, and that's, that's where he's got to play.
0: The type of uh, so we can
2: end this streak of not having player, not having old lineman drafted, which we did, but not that shouldn't be an aberration. That should be something that happens every year from Texas. Right.
0: Yeah, and a guy like him's a uh, your prototypical semi-overachiever that has always maximized wherever mm-hmm. he's went, and then it sort of shows. Well, you have that built-in disadvantage, the flaw of where you didn't go super school initially, but if we're talking about just a college fifth-year guy versus a third-year college top end prospect, but Connor Williams, who dealt with injuries, and even though it was really awesome his first two years, it still was, you're drafting him on top end ability. Performance wise, if you got a polished product that just doesn't Uh have the top end ability, that's coming from a place where the IQ, maybe the learning curve, everything's going to come pretty quick. You can expect similar type production. Now, maybe not as good, but if you're talking 85% or 80, it's bigger than the cavernous risk that comes with an incoming prospect that has a high upside but doesn't have any type of proven. This is about as safe of a bet that you can bring in from college than anywhere else.
1: I agree. So I'm just intrigued to see how the whole thing works because if Calvin Anderson is what this staff thinks he is, which they think he's a guy that could play, you know, at an all Big Twelve mm-hmm. type level yep. and be in a position to be a draft pick next spring. Rod, right. I don't even know if you can quantify how much better that makes your offense to have a guy like that for 12 games. Yeah. On top of the experience now you bring back with Derek Kirch, Sander, interior. having a year under his belt, and Vi and Shackleford being your two most yeah. experienced guys. And you get Patrick Hudson back at some point, who should push some guys uh, and be in a position then to play. While,
2: since you've had this much experience on the O line. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know what it's, I mean? Because Calvin is very experienced. It, yeah.
1: It's you, you've got some experience. And, and yeah, Anderson. Was he a two year that, starter? That 30, three? 36, three years started every game Damn. he played at Rice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so you combine that. I think Vahe's 31 starts. I think Shackelford's 17. It's
2: been a while since Um, we've had this much veteran experience on the line. Kerstetter,
1: 10 starts last year. Okafor, I think, had four last year. Rodriguez has three in his career. He's been around for a while. Exactly. So it's starting to look up for that group. It is, man. That's a work in progress. It's it's finally time where Texas can turn the page on the offensive line because now— you know, you've got a guy in Herb Hand who can develop talent, who d- brings everything that you mm-hmm. need him to bring with the run game schemes. But now I think with Connor Williams getting drafted and Calvin Anderson coming in and knowing that you're not changing offensive schemes, you're tweaking the existing scheme, you're not doing yeah. a wholesale change. This has been the norm around here. I think now you can finally settle into it and, and let. Give Herb Hand a few years to recruit guys that fit what this offense can do. no Rod, because, you know, certain offensive linemen are good in certain schemes. If you're going to be a zone yep. team, you're going to be a gap team, whatever, whatever you're going to hang your hat on, you need certain personnel that fits that scheme. And to me, that's the big takeaway from this draft as we get out of here. When you look at the guys getting drafted at Texas, it's still mostly defensive guys. Yep. And that goes back to the offensive identity crisis. Mm-hmm. And until – that gets resolved, and that's from scheme to quarterback play to line play yeah. to, to putting the developing the talent yeah. everything. Everything. This trend isn't going to change. I think this draft is a sign that it's going in the right direction. It's got a chance to get mm-hmm. there, but. Still a lot of work for Tom Herman and the staff to do.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. We talked about the running back position. Hell, I'm gonna, not going to talk recruiting, but the, the recent wide receiver uh, recruitment that Wilson, failed yeah. here yeah, close to home and what he said about, you know, guys go to Texas and they don't necessarily, you know, achieve uh, at that position. These are all things that Texas and Tom Herman have to address offensively. That's why he was brought here, ladies and gentlemen. He's the offensive guru. So if he can't fix the offense, then, you know, yeah. then we're SOL. But I got faith in him, and I think he's on the right track. I agree. You
1: see enough signs that lead you to yeah. believe, okay, I I have, I have faith. faith that this no process doubt. will lead where you know, everybody exactly. expects it, leading where this program Needs it to lead. All right, we'll get more back. Back We'll get back into more team discussions. Say that five times fast next week. <laughs> uh, but for right now, it's time to shut it down. Matt, thanks for everything, man.
0: Oh, you're more than welcome.
1: Rod B, appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at 1049 the Horn, FM.com, the Horn app, AM 1260, everybody at the Austin Radio Network, where you can hear Rod Babers each and every day on the broadcast. And thanks to Matt. You get us on iTunes, tune in. Any podcast app out there, and you can get all of our archives, including this show, on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page.
0: Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz.
1: For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.